You're listening to Everybody Eats, where we sit down with the best and brightest hustlers, entrepreneurs, go-getters, and professionals. Join us as we create the ultimate network and change the business narrative from the ground up. All right, let's do it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. It's your host, Bensky Belazare. We got our co-host here, Eden Ekpi, and we have a really special episode, definitely special for me, um, <laughs> for sure, because as you guys know, I'm Haitian, so we had to bring on some amazing Haitians uh, for today's episode. So thank you, uh, Stephen Charles uh, from LS Cream for joining us on this week's episode. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So before we start, just a few shout outs. You know, we love our black businesses. Right. So I have to shout out to a few black businesses. One, I have the chocolate velvet do-rags from Material Lions um, out in California. So those do-rags are beautiful. So even I, we both bought a couple, bought a few. They came into the mail. Beautiful, beautiful do-rags. So, you know, we got to shout them out. Um, and another shout out to the perfect play. I don't know if the camera is going to be able to see this, but shout out to the perfect play. For the people make the revolution t-shirt beautiful t-shirt so you know we gotta shout out our black businesses all right so on that note mr stephen charles if you could start um how do you how did how did ls cream start where are you from if we can get like a nice background of who you are and then your business and we'll keep it rolling Yes. Yeah, so uh, again, thank you for doing this. This is amazing. I I, I love uh, I love talking. So that's great for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is what we're talking about. We're talking about LS right here. This is my baby. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah. So growing up Asian, you know, um, I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Um, and basically, you know, I grew up uh, in an Asian household where, like everybody else, you know, cremas was a big part of it. Every Christmas, every holiday, you would see it pop up on, you know, on the kitchen table and, you know, it just appeared, right? You know, it's it's part of our lives, you know? And and basically, um, like, it was a long time ago. Like, I mean, 2011, is that holiday 2011, actually, when... We first got the the idea, the the spark, you know, that something was there because we were celebrating the holidays with uh, with some friends and families and so forth, and we saw the bottle of cremas on the table and we were like, something needs to be done about this because the taste is amazing, but you still need your grandma, your mom, your aunt, you know, like I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not being sexist about this, like you know, usually it was the women in the kitchen. Yeah, doing this, whipping up this batch of cremas. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when, when they're not in the mood to do it, when, you know, like, they, they, you know, you don't, you're, you're fresh out of luck, basically, you know, or or you have to resort, you know, to to the black market, you know, and, and just go and find somebody that, that sells it and so forth and, and, and just take it and take it from there, you know? And I was like, what if we could take the taste of cremas and put it in the form of a traditional cream liqueur, like a Bailey's, for instance, you know, yeah. and just replicate that taste, but put it in that form. And yeah. it could be the alternative on the shelf right next to the big boys, but with that taste, with that special, you know, uh, cinnamon, vanilla, coconut, and nutmeg taste, you know? And that's where we started to look into it and surely enough, we got the first samples of LS like in 2014, in March 2014. And that we sent those samples at the WSWA and we won the gold medal for the taste of the product. 
And that's basically where the whole adventure started, man. Got it, got it. So that's dope. Yeah, I know that's that's a lot. So um a few things. Uh you say we a lot. So for those who don't know, uh LS Cream, right, is you and your wife. Yep, exactly. Okay. So um that I think that's amazing, right? This is uh um, when we had who was it? The Mobile Home Elite. That was yeah. that was another power couple that we had. So um, it, it's it's amazing seeing people, you know, husband and wife going to business together and showing that, you know, you know, black business and that, you know, black family. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think I think that's a blessing. Shout out to my wife taking care of the kids right now. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so, you know, shout out to the wife. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, so I'm interested. Like, you know, I it, it's. Starting a liquor business or a liquor company or a company is not easy. Like, you kind of made it sound a little bit easy in that sentence, but obviously I know it's way, way, way more. All of them licenses, distribution. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's what I'm kind of interested. Like, did you what did you know about the liquor business before? Like, how how did you just say, you know, this is something I want to do and put into action? Like, what, what, was, what was in between? Did you have a mentor? And, like, how did you do that? So for me, I didn't have a mentor. Um, I did everything from scratch. I uh, even funded it uh, at the start with my uh, with my own money. So uh, for us, it, that that's what it was. So basically, it was just Google was my best friend at that time. You know, it was just like you try to figure out. You talk to people. You know, one of the things that I did that was really helpful is I took a plane. Uh, and went to Orlando at one of the biggest uh, wholesaler convention in the liquor industry, which is called the WSWA. And that was in 2013. So I didn't know no one. The ticket was $500 US. So I had to pay for, of course, my plane ticket for, you know, the hotel and so forth. It was like in the middle of nowhere in Orlando, like at the Ritz or something like that, the Marriott there. And, um, and yeah, and basically I went there and I started shaking hands, you know, and talking to people, you know, and that's where, you know, like I made all my contacts within the industry, which basically, uh, you know how they talk about DJ Khaled and how, you know, he, he's relentless about like, you know, asking people for stuff and whatever. Like, that's basically what I did. I basically, you know, reached out to the distributor, told them like, listen, I'm new in this game. Like, how do you guys work? I'm like, well, how do you guys, you know, usually work? And you know, uh, and 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 further and further on, you know, I started to uh, to to understand how it works, and I was building the business on the side. And uh, every time I was I was uh, getting uh, getting two new milestones, and that's basically what it is. But uh, it is a complicated industry. So for for one, uh, there's a there's a there's a full batch of barriers that you know, based on the color of your skin, and everything, you know, that we. So basically, every hurdle that we have in the in 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 our everyday life in the liquor industry, it's tenfold, right? Mm -hmm. So the best the best example that I will give you is um, so even if you have your product, once you have it, getting distribution is another problem, mm -hmm. right? So right now, there's a big Asian community that's craving LS cream, right? But I can't get to them yet. Because there's three distributors in the whole state of Massachusetts, and they're all Italians, mm. and they're all family-owned, and they, they're already millionaires. They don't need you. They don't need your product, right? So, and, and legally, you can't sell without going through them. 
because that's the boys club that's how it was yeah. made that's 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 history right there right you yeah. know that's so we we're fighting for stuff but at the end of the day like there's a curtain and behind that curtain there's a bunch of stuff that nobody's aware of that you know like we keep we keep buying Ciroc. we think everything is fine we see Duce, you think everything is fine you see Nas with Hennessy, you think everything is fine but everything is not fine you yeah. know because at the end of the day how how much money does our people spend on liquor and we own less than 1% of every facet of the business. Yeah, the face of it, but, you know, it's not going in their pockets. It's going to sell Exactly, you know? Yeah. Like, even even for, for Ciroc, like, people think, like, I don't know the exact structure of, of Diddy's deal with Ciroc, but I know for a fact that the IP is owned by Diageo, which is one of the biggest liquor brands in the world, you know? So, oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, to me, this is just one example of, like, when people want to get into the uh, into that business, I'm like, listen, it's a hard road. Like, yeah. we've been at it, like, for, you know, I, I just said I, I had the idea in 2000, in holiday 2011, sold the first bottles in January 2015, you know? Mm. So, we've been at it for a while, and we're still, we're, we're still hustling, you know? Ask who does. Yeah, 100%. So um, that okay. actually makes me interested. What was it in those four years that, you know, uh, that I guess everything like, back? Yeah, yeah, like what was in the four years? Two things. What was in those four years that prevented you from selling, you know, sooner? And what was it, I guess, internally that kept, kept, you, going. That, that kept yeah. you going? Because I can, we, we started, we have a clothing line called Kilty, right? Um, And we, like when we started that, we started selling like, you know, soon, soon yeah. you know, it wasn't I something imagine waiting four years to see uh, or in a, a rate of return, you know, like, yeah. a, you know, ROI or like, you know, money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So what, yeah what I think it's, uh, I think there's, uh, there's multiple aspects to this, but don't get me, don't get, like maybe the first year, like I was on and off, I was still working as a mortgage broker for one of the biggest banks here in Canada. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I had my life, right. But I was still had that project on the side and I was learning more about it, but I'll tell you something. If you plan on launching a liquor, it's, it doesn't matter if you're LeBron James, or if you're the guy from the hood or whatever, whatever it is, it's going to take you at least a year and a half and two years to get that paperwork. Oh, just okay? the paperwork. So the paperwork is crazy. And most of us need to file it through another entity because we don't have, like, again, I'm talking like this because I know some of us do. Some of us do have it. I'm just talking for the math, for the majority of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't own mm -hmm. our own manufacturing, like, uh, places, you know, distilleries and so forth and whatever, you know. So we, so you need to partner up with someone. You need to file to them. And then you need to file to the state. And then, you know, the state's going to take six months. They're going to say, yeah, you forgot that comma, the second phrase. And then you need to resend the paperwork <laughs> and then, you know, and stuff like that. So this is all the stuff that happened to us, you yeah. know? So it's like, there's, so, so, so let me break it down to you, break it down to you, how it works. So first you need your formula. Okay. Yeah. So you need your formula approval. So you're going to have your producer send that in then the state 
and uh, sorry, the, the 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 government, which is called the TTB, that take care of a uh, tobacco, alcohol, firearms, whatever. Yeah. So they're going to get back to you and they're going to say, okay, your formula is approved. That's going to take six months. Hmm. Now, once you have that, you need to have your label approval. Okay. Label That's approval is your logo, the, bottle, the, uh, the, the, the back of the bottle, like that government warning on every bottle there, yeah. you know, for pregnant w women and stuff like that, whatever. Yeah. It needs to be in the right font, it needs to be the right size at the right place and stuff like that. You need to send that in. Another six months. Then you need to put all of that together. Then you need to have a cola. Now your cola is associated with your label, and then it's it's all of those things. And again, that's public information. Mm. TTB.gov. You know, like yeah. it's it's not like sometimes people are like, oh my god, how you know how do you get started? Google, man. Yeah. You know, and it's and you follow and all the steps are there. You know, you just yeah. need the funding. You just need the patience and you just need to hustle. That's that's what it is, you know. But what kept me going? That legacy, man. Like when you go to the liquor store and you see Bacardi, there's a family eating, eating off of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah People yeah. don't take it that way. And it wasn't built last year, you know. So I'm like, yeah, maybe, yeah, you know, Facebook is cool. Instagram is dope. You know, all those things are cool. Tesla's cool. But at the end of the day, I'm building a brand that, Maybe in 200 years, it might still be on the shelf, right? Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. That That's beautiful. And that kind of just reminds me of, um, I guess, like a few months ago, I went to, so we're here in Norfolk, Virginia. So there's not a lot of Haitians out here in, in Norfolk. Um, but I have like a few Haitian coworkers, and one of them told me like, hey, you know, if you go to the, the ABC store, you can get some baba food. I was like, what? Here in Virginia? Like, I expected, like, even in the liquor stores in New York, like that's where I'm from, New York. You don't even see a lot of baba food right there. So I remember like going to the ABC store and like there it is. They got like that shells of baba food and there's barely any Haitians, you know, even in the um just even even around here. But um, you'd be surprised though, you'd be surprised. Yeah, baba they they sell a lot. So I mean it depends. Maybe in some liquor stores it might not be there, but they have it pretty much everywhere. Yeah, like it's yeah. like the Jamaican rum, right? The the yeah. the, the Ray nephew, Ray right? Nephew, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome, right? you know, <laughs> like yo, they sell cases. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I had to put Edom on uh to some Bible Yeah, nah, it, it's real good, real yeah, good. Yeah, so definitely I don't know if you've ever had cremas. Um, I don't know. No, so I had Coquito um, for the first time last year. So I'm working my way down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, Grandma's on that. Definitely, definitely. Um, so I remember one thing. Um, I, I think it's pretty interesting. Is even within the liquor industry, um, there are different types of liquors, right? So you have your you have your vodka, you have your brandy, right? <laughs> So, so cremas is it's not it's not a it's not a vodka it's not that so it would be considered I guess what would you consider it um, and I guess and then from there I'll ask the following question so yeah yeah I think uh, the, the the category that we're in is called cordial right oh. so it's a so cordial would be your Bailey's uh, Amarula Rum Chata Grand Marnier okay. uh, Tia Maria um, um, hypnotic, Alize. Okay. okay, okay, okay. So, so cordials are basically everything that's already mixed. 
Okay. Right? Because yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, LS cream, like it's like like you can of course, like I drink it on the rocks, right? Right. Yeah. So I put a bit of ice in there, but you know, most of most of people, you know, they like to put it put it in the coffee, but you can also mix it with your rum, your whiskey, your cognac, your your vodka. You can make some dope recipes with this, but these are base, right? The vodka, the rum, whatever. Yeah. But Everything else, it's more like a cordial, you know, like so that's that's the category that you're gonna be in, you know. Got it, got it. Um, so I guess how is that that market, right? Because I know when you're trying to sell into the liquor, like you know, if, if you're you're brand spanking new and you're you're gonna be fighting to put your spot with the with the Ciroc's, with the Hennessy's and all that, right? Um, but I guess, you know, in that, I guess, cordial market, like I think you could say like, that's a subset, right? So I guess like, how was that, um, I guess you'd call it, uh, that market, that demographic of that type of yeah. liquor and like, how was it entering and competing with the other type of cordials? So for us, it's, for us, it's just a question of marketing. So right now we're, we're, we're like, we knew that our goal was to take market shares from uh, from Bailey's, for example. So what we want is basically to be a black owned alternative in the cream liquor category. So next time you go to the store and you're like, oh, I feel like some Bailey's and you see LS, then you're going to see, oh my God, this is black owned. It's gluten-free. It's kosher. Like, you know, like it tastes, it, the, the taste is completely, completely different from Bailey's, whatever. I liked it. I like it more. There's your there's your your choice, you know. So yes. that's where we want to be established. And you know, for for the for the most part, we've been doing a good job in the in the stores that we're in, right? We're we're in limited distribution. Thank God we were able to um, partner up with a distributor that's able to ship in 33 states right now. So we can ship pretty much everywhere. The only state that we're really uh, that uh, that we that we want to get in that we can't get in right now is Texas. We have a lot of demand in Texas, and the laws there in the state they're, they're different, so we can't get in. Virginia is another state we want to get in. It's a control state, so uh, there's a lot of back and forth that needs to be done with the state and so forth. But yeah, that's that that that's how we place ourselves, you know. Got it. Got it. Um... Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it because it's not as simple as like selling t-shirts, right? Where it's just it's a t-shirt. You, you can sell that, you know, around the world easily. It's just a t-shirt, but like, you know, liquor is a very controlled, and very like maintained, a lot yeah. of like laws and things around it. So not even just the simple trying to sell it, it's just simply like you know, getting the permissions and doing all that, like that's they a whole don't, other They problem. don't ban the joint, then unbanned it, and then, yeah. you know, now, so yeah, it's a lot of, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a market. So two things that um you said that, uh, I guess the first two things you have to do was get, one, getting the recipe approved, um, and then after that, you said the the, the package, the, the label. So regarding the recipe, for those who don't know, what is cremas? I feel like we didn't actually cover that. So for those who yeah. never had it before, what is it? What does it taste like? What is it made out of? Um, so people can have an and, idea. And for someone who's not Asian, is, is it any similar to horchata or, or coquito at all? Yeah. So basically, it's so so basically it is. It's 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 similar to coquito. The taste is a bit different, but every Asian family has a different twist on it, right? 
Some people are going to put more coconut. Some people are going to put lemon zest. And some people are going to put lime zest. Some people are going to put raisins in. Some people are going to put, you know, uh, and and at the end of the day, the, the, the taste of it is coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. So mm. that's, those are the main, the main spices that you're going to find in, uh, in, in a cremasse, right? And that's where we took the inspiration from to create LS. So, Again, I keep on repeating to people that when you buy LS cream, don't get it confused. You're not buying your mom's or your grandmother's cremas, you know, mm. like the same way that uh, the same way that when you go to brunch, they offer you two types of orange juice. They offer you fresh pressed orange juice or Tropicana, you know. So LS is more in a form of a Tropicana in a sense that it's made for mass consumption yeah. And our target is not so basically in my house, you're gonna have you could easily find a bottle of cremas that my mom made and LS cream right next to them, right next to it, in the same way that you could find a bottle of cremas in your household next to a bottle of Bailey's. Yeah, right? They serve two types of it's not the same thing. It's not like you know, you you can make your own orange juice if you want, you yeah, know. Yeah. But does everybody press orange juice every morning? You know, yeah. <laughs> I doubt it, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just a question of, you know, it's just a question of like, for us, we felt that, you know, when people do cremas, they spend six to seven hours in the kitchen. You know, it's, it costs maybe like 90 bucks worth of alcohol and all that milk and all that, uh, you know, evaporated milk and all those things and all those ingredients that you need to actually be able to make a batch of cremas, right? And after that, it's, it might spoil in like a week and a half, mm. you know? So for us, it was like, we wanted, that's one of the things that we did. So I, uh, when we were starting, I remember I went to one of my friend's house. They were all white people, like from college, right? We, me and my wife were the only black people there. We were about like 40 people there. And I put a bottle of cremas that my aunt had did, and I put it right back, uh, right next to the vodka, to the gin, and all those, the wine and everything. And I didn't say nothing to no one, you know. And people, you know, they saw it. They they saw there was something special about it because it was a Smirnoff bottle, but it was a creamy liquor in there, yeah. right? So they knew it was like something special, homemade, whatever. So they started to pour it, and they were asking questions like, "Oh my God, this is so tasty! Like, like who made that? What it is?" and Eventually, I told the people, listen, we're, we're, we're thinking of doing this project. We would like to know, like, your thoughts about the taste of this product. They're like, it tastes amazing. But there's two things that we, like, we don't like about it. It's too thick. Mm. And when you drink it, like, you know, like, you have a, a glass like this, right, that you see through. When you drink traditional cremas, after you take your sip, you're going to see all the residues of sugar, yeah. of the coconut. Yeah. Like, it's not appealing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there's a bunch of residues that are sticking to your glass. Yeah, you know? it's good for home, but not good for public. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's when we were like, okay, so maybe we can put it, like, in a more traditional cream liquor form, keep the taste. But let's put it like less thick, so you don't feel like you're eating pudding, yeah. you know, and and more like you're you're indulging in a uh, like a a, um, a classy drink, like you know, like a, 
uh, a feeling like, you know, this is a professionally made and so forth, but let's keep the taste, but let's try and get that, that other Absolutely. stuff out of the way, plus the shelf life. LS Cream has no shelf life, FYI. Got it. You know, you gonna have a question earlier? Oh, uh, what, what's the liquor aspect of it? What, what kind of like liquor do alcohol you put in? Put yeah, in? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, so basically us, we do it with uh, neutral grain uh, spirits, which is basically, um, it's basically pure grain alcohol, okay. right? So it's clear alcohol, like it's it's 94 proof. Uh, so basically, wow. yeah. So but basically, <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry when when you mix it all together with all the ingredients, it puts it down to 17. percent Okay, right. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's basically a concoction that. It's a recipe that has alcohol in it, but it's like a dessert at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, so it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah exactly. I tried this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll have to order it to New York or something because we can't can't ship it over here. So I'll probably, yeah. I'll probably have to ship a bottle from my pants out to New York. Um, so one thing that's what I love is the the bottle the packaging how did how did that come about how did you guys you get the idea from and if you could show it yeah if you could show it that's just beautiful so like how did you guys how did you guys come up with that yeah i mean it's um so basically i'm the one that designed the bottle i'm i'm um i'm i was really looking at the landscape of cream liquors and i thought that cream liquors were like for the most aspect of it they were like corny Okay. Like, like a man goes into the cream category, into the cream aisle of, you know, the total wine store or, or ABC or, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, and you're like, you're looking at that, that bottle and you're like, it's, it's, it's not cool. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and I think that's what part of the stigmatization, the stigmatization behind cream liqueurs being more towards women was because you take, you know, you, you step out of the liquor store and you have like, a, you know, I, I, I'm not going to diss. They mad pretty looking, they mad. <laughs> <laughs> but when you step out of the liquor store and you have this bottle in your hand like this, you're yeah. like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, it's a statement. you know? It's a statement. It's a statement. So I felt that I wanted to be appealing for women, but I also wanted to be appealing for men. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if even if men wanted to buy it for the girl or whatever, like they would feel proud to be, oh, like this is what I bought and I am, I'm going to keep it in my bar and, I, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I want it to be the form similar to, you know, a form of a Ciroc bottle, for example, you know. No, definitely, definitely. That's, that's really um, a really smart idea because you think about it like why one of the reason people love Henny, right? It's like you know, holding it, oh, how it yeah. looks, right? It's like it's the appeal. Goose egg got the cross on yeah, it. Yeah, you got Goose egg yeah. cross. You got Patron with the you know little bottle and the pork on top. You got Crown Royal with its packaging, right? So um, I think that's something that's smart when you think about liquor. Not only is it you, a lot of people buy it for you know the case or whatever. A lot of people save the bottles. A lot of people yeah. save the bottles. A lot. You think of the what is it, the Azul bottle that's been like you know real popular. People yeah. been like saving. You guys a base now. Yeah. So um, no, I think I think that that's beautiful yeah. and it, it's really dope because right before I emailed you guys, I was I was on Instagram. I think I was watching either like a sports podcast. I was, it was like a clip of some podcast, and they had the bottle in the background. And yeah. Right, like. 
I, I recognized it maybe like two, like first I was like, damn, like that's a cool looking bottle. Then I was like, oh wait, that's LS Cream, you know? So I was like, it, it really catches your eye and makes you think like, like damn, like luxury. Shout out to Andrew Schultz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was. That's what it was. So um, I think, I think that's amazing. So um, before we get into the next segment, is there anything, any last questions? All right, all right. So uh, we'll transition to our next segment. Edom has a quote of the day. You'll see the quote, we'll try and guess, um, and then we'll just say um, how we feel about the quote and what it means to us. Cool. All right. So the quote is, you pray for rain, you gotta deal with the mud too. That's part of it. Mm. I like Repeat it. that, I didn't, I didn't hear it clearly. Uh, you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. That's a part of it. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> it sounds like a lyric. No. No? A lyric. It's a, it's a, it's a line. Right. Line. A line. So, from, am I supposed to guess who, who said yeah, that? Yeah, who said it, yeah. Ooh. It's a line from the movie. Um, came out in 2014. The lead actor is black. We need an actor. Uh, <laughs> we need an actor name. I'm 2014. Not a, we need a name. We need all right. All right. Uh, 2014. So you're going to guess the movie then? Is that what you're going to go for then? Rather yeah, let's go for the movie. All right. Yeah, all right. Let's go for the movie. So uh, it's Denzel Washington. And okay. It's the movie he did in 2014. Okay. So. Yo, why do you like. You, you can't give him a chance. Oh, I'm going to play it. Right? Yeah. Oh, no, what is it? It's it equalizer. Oh, it was an equalizer? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch Equalizer like that. Ah, uh, it was a good movie. I didn't see that I, it's, it's, a dope, it, it, it's a dope movie, but I didn't watch it like that. All right. right? Mm -hmm. So I don't remember the dialogue. Like yeah. I can I can recite printing day all day, every day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like John Q, you yeah, know, like, you know, but training day, like it's like. I only remember when he when he when he when he killed the guy at the end with the in the bathroom and stuff like that and it, you know and yeah I mean it's it's it, but it's a dope movie though that's a nice quote man yeah definitely definitely no I think um I, it's it's a real dope quote because when you think about it right I think it relates to history yeah I was gonna say I like, that's it, why I'm glad I picked I picked the right for the episode I was like yo hail mary and you know I think I think you're related because you know just like you said it goes from hey I want I want to start a liquor business but then you have to go through all these hoops and hurdles yeah. and all this stuff and like you have to yes for the rain but you have to go through the mud you know at the same time yeah definitely definitely 100 percent so, so mud hurdles all that stuff yeah, yeah. but i mean hey it, like we say it builds character yeah right? it, builds it builds character, character yeah. it's character development you know and i think it just you know especially for you i think it makes the story just that much better you know what i mean just that much sweeter knowing that you know everything that you have to go through you know to get to this point so um if you could say the quote one more time. So the quote is, uh, you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. That's a point. Yeah, I think for me, I think it, it means that, you know, it's, there's, uh, there's nothing, there, 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 there's nothing, there's nothing perfect in life also, you know? Yeah. So, so you have to deal with, you know, like some people are like, like for me, I don't know for you guys, like, Sometimes I have to remind myself that Kobe died, you know. Yeah. And when I think about that, to me, it's like 
So you're, you're, you're at this point in your life that you're so rich, you know, that you're taking an helicopter every day, you know, and again, like in a split second decision, you know, you, you wind up dead, yeah. you know, from taking an helicopter because you have the means to take an helicopter. Now, again, I'm, you can die in a car accident, but I'm just, I'm just thinking like, you know, you, you hear about this stuff and you hear like, you know, like people were warning him, like not to, 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 to telling the driver not to, not to, to take off during the sweater and so forth and so forth. And, you know, sometimes when you take, you take life too seriously, man. And, and you need to understand that, you know, sometimes everything can be perfect. Mm -hmm. So you might be late to that meeting, you know, like you did everything you could, yeah. you know, like don't force it, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, I think, I think that that's real meaningful. So, um, any last, any last words before we go to the last segment? All right. I heard you brought up Kobe again. We always learn something from, from the bean. So, um, so for the last segment, um, I guess like the first question before we get into the technicalities, I guess this is more of a personal question. Obviously growing up patient, I'm curious, how, how would you say, um, your upbringing, Haitian culture, obviously besides the Cremons itself, but how would you say upbringing, Haitian culture has influenced, I guess, the business in terms of maybe mentality, maybe in terms of, you know, why you want to create it, talking about that generational wealth. So um, if you could kind of speak to that point a little bit. I think, I think, I don't know, I think this it's multifaceted, but, you know, definitely we're proud people and we like to share, we like to share our food. We like to share our liquor. We like to share our culture. We like to share our music. We like, yeah. so for me, it was just like, I wanted to pay homage to a recipe, you know, that I felt needed to be known, mm. you know, like that recipe is my childhood. It's basically the first liquor you taste, you yeah. know, when you're a kid, because it's always at communions and first communions and weddings and so forth. And there's always that uncle in the in the, on the side that's gonna make you taste a little bit of that, <laughs> you know. So so it's 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 for me it's it was just that it was just like it was proving again to the big boys, you know, those big liquor companies that our culture is worthy of being on the shelf right next to you. And you know what? We're gonna take part of your market, you know, and because because we deserve our chance at the table, you know, and and. And for me, it was more of a personal thing where I don't know, like it's it's, it's crazy because growing up, I, I never went to Haiti. Like I, I was born in Montreal and never went to Haiti. And, and you know what? After winning that gold medal, like 80, 80 called. And yeah. to me, it was like the best week of my life, yeah. like till this day. And it was just a shame that my wife couldn't be there with me. And but... I had a blast, man. And people, and people, when you talk about Haiti, they think, you know, of course it's a third world country, but blow, bro, if, if you want to have fun, you're going to have fun, you know, and it, it was yeah. dope. No, 100%, 100%. So last time I've been was in 2015. And again, I always say that I went for like 10 days, but again, it was the best vacation week we can have, whatever you want to call it, in my life. Crazy. It was the best. It was the, best time. it was the most like, 
yeah, like you can only describe it. Like you, you have to be there type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not something you can really describe. It's the energy, the feel, the food, the vibe. Like Crazy. it's it's Haiti, and obviously you know when it's your home culture. If you want to just be surrounded by your own, and that just being surrounded by your own. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a different feel. It's the same if you went back to Nigeria. So um, definitely, definitely. Um, so a few a few things I want to get into detail before you mentioned um, a control state. Uh, I haven't heard of that. What what exactly is a control state for those who don't know? Control state are states that uh, that regulate alcohol cells. So basically, um, you do not have the right. You have to go by the state to enter your product into the stores. Whether in New York, for example, you can get a license where you can go if you want to be in one store you can go to that store if they want your product they can just buy it okay right so 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 for this for the control state so pennsylvania virginia michigan it's a bit different because you have to be able to reach the state and then the state needs to approve your product so if they don't see any reason to carry your product they won't carry you so mm, you gotta make that's a control state got it got it that's why it's a little bit more work Okay, definitely. Um, another thing you mentioned, um, actually, before I asked that question, one thing that you said, um, you said you want to fight with the big boys, like you want to get your seat at the table. That makes me think of the quote that we have with Khalil, um, and he says, if there's no seat at the table, you pull up the chair anyway. Um, and that's exactly what I feel like, you know, you got to do. Like, there may not have been necessarily a, a seat waiting for you, or, you know, let's have some cremas, but you say, hey, I'm going to pull up the chair anyway, you know, and I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. So oh, definitely, oh. definitely, definitely respect that. Um, one thing that you mentioned uh, on your story, you say how you went to the WSWA. Uh, yeah. So um, I guess like two things. One, what exactly is that convention? And then I guess if you could, um, I guess, yeah, what, what exactly is that convention? And I guess like how, how, how did that play a role um, with, with you guys? So, yeah, so, so, um, yeah, so that convention, that convention, like I always messed up like exactly the acronym, but it's, a, it's a, the wholesalers, um, um, wholesaler supplier will sell something of America, whatever. Yeah. WSWA. Like if you write WSWA, you're going to find it in Google. So just yeah. Google it and whatever. And then, um, and what, what was the, the, the second part of your question? Um, I guess like, how, how did that play a role? Cause I know you said you went there. Did you say you went there one hands. year just to shake hands and then you said yeah. you go back with the liquor? Yeah. How you want it? Or was that the same one? Like the same no, one? So basically, yeah. So basically I went in 2013 just to see what was it about and i went back in 2014 with the full-fledged booth and like like with a team and like you know ready to you know pre-sell the product and meet distributors and you know yeah. and so forth and by the way one piece of advice don't do that mm -hmm. i spent a bunch of money that i didn't need to on uh, wait could you explain that on what yeah so basically i had the full booth like team, like, you know, models and everything like, and, and, you know, I went like the full, the full thing, right. Yeah, yeah. Was not worth it. Okay. So basically it was, it would have been more worth it to just go there the same way I went back in 2013, just go there, pay my entry and just start talking to people about my project. But mm -hmm. I thought 
that I was going to impress people with my booth and my team and whatever. They don't care. Mm. They don't. Mm. They don't. They just want to see the product. You want to know Not what's me. your price? Yeah. What's your funding? What you're going to do in marketing? That's it. Yeah. Have you sold any cases left? Ooh, uh, you have it uh, yet? Oh, you didn't sell nothing yet? Come and see me when you start selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm not saying that it didn't do nothing for us. Yeah. But going there as a ex exhibitor? Not nope, I'm never doing that again. Got it. Okay. That, that's pretty interesting. I'm going to bring it back to the Navi convention when you get... You when I hear about the convention, yeah. Year, yo, you got... But he was in a similar situation. I'm yeah. Explain no, I was gonna say like when I think of conventions and conferences, obviously, right? While while we were in undergrad, we were part of organization NABA. For our listeners, we talk about this on probably every other episode. NABA National Association of Black Accountants. As a sophomore, um, I went. Um, and for that conference for like business students, that's where you go. Like you have all like the big uh, banks and you know finance companies, whatever that they're recruiting for internships and full time offers. Um, I went there as a sophomore and I got rejected by every company that I wanted to do the internship with. Um, but, you know, it was literally that experience that kind of like gave me the drive and the hustle. I was like, hey, the following year, like I have no choice but to get accepted. So it kind of just pushed me, you know, become president of NABA, you know, put on all these events, this, that, and the third. Um, but it kind of made me think um, kind of like the importance of conventions a little bit because um, one of my mentors, uh, he started like a clothing line for Drew. He started a clothing line and he told me he went to a convention in Vegas, but he went for like clothing and apparel. So it was a similar, I guess, like a wholesaler convention where um, there were a bunch of sellers, different fabrics, different types, different things that just down a third. Um, and I guess I've never like, I guess I've only seen them on, on TV. I guess I never really knew like what was the importance of those conventions. And then he told me like, that's where all the suppliers are. Um, I saw in your EYL conference, you talking about how you need a plug. Right. Um, you know, and I, he, he was pretty much explaining, like, you know, those are the conventions where you find the suppliers, the dealers, the plugs and those, you know, if you want to get into, you know, that type of business, those conventions are where you meet a lot of your network. That's where you can meet a lot of people. Um, so yeah. I thought that was like pretty cool because um, I don't I don't I, I feel like maybe it's for maybe low key every industry. There's probably those type of conventions, um, you know, that people can take advantage of. And even if you don't go, you know, like you said, as an exhibitor, just go to network. You know what I'm saying? You never know where networking can lead you. So, you know, it's always good to, to put yourself out there. Yep, 100%. Sure, for sure. Um, man, so I guess my next thing is distributing, right? So now, like, how do you guys, because we kind of just briefly just, like, we spoke about every state is different. You know, um, I know you saw in Canada and in, in the U.S. So I guess, like, my question is, how do, how do you go about that? What, what, what is that like? Having to like, how do you choose which state to sell in next? How do you, you know, choose to go from one store to the next? Like, I guess. Like, and do you guys just like guess, like, or, or do you guys like research beforehand, or? Yeah, so I guess like, how's that product like process, right? You have all the bottles, you have everything you want. Now it's time to sell them. Like, how how does that work? Yeah, it's 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 just honestly, it's a simple question. It's just the answer is so. Like, of course, you need to plan, yeah. right? But how do you plan? So for us, it was just a question of going first where it was the easiest to start selling. Okay. So the first states that were the easiest was New York and Florida. Okay. Now we're pushing into New Jersey. We're pushing to Illinois. We're pushing to Connecticut. We're pushing California. I mean, we're already in California. 
Yeah. But we're, we, we're not in a lot of stores. We're just in one store in California. We, we want to get to 20 by the end of the year. And, uh, but you see, like over here in Montreal, like in Quebec, um, we're 174 stores. And, and basically, it's a bit simpler here because, because it's a control province here. Yeah. Once they, accept, once they accepted the product into the warehouse, it just like places basically itself. You know, mm-hmm. so, so the stores they, like they just order it, okay. yeah, because 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 the government here they own the distribution and the stores, oh. right? So once it goes into the warehouse, the store can just order it and they just deliver it and it just becomes like basically the, the the state wants to sell your product, so it won't stay in the warehouse. Got it, yeah. got it. So so they push it to the to to the people. So, anyways, long story short, I think. To be honest, it's just like we, in the liquor business, you go in the easiest states first. So yeah. everybody starts in New York and Florida. Yeah. Most people, most people. Uh, New York and Florida. And subsequently, that's where we got a lot of Haitians too. So that's yeah. actually, I'm sure, yeah, 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 pretty yeah, convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's pretty convenient too. Um, anything? I like this though. Yeah, 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 I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. This is the first time we've had anybody in, in you know, liquor business. This is the first time I haven't met anybody yeah. you know, who has their own liquor, liquor business. We need uh, more. We need more because we spend too much in that in that business. We need more people. So actually, uh, that was actually one thing. Like, how are there any other black black owned liquor companies that you know or have met along the way? Do you think that's something that's picking up? Because you said you started this. You have the idea in 2011, you started selling in the 20s or 14. 15, so, it's been, 15. so it's been about five years um, since you started selling. In those five years, have you have you mentored anyone? Have you seen more people like you know coming up? Like how is that? Because like I said, I only I only heard of you guys. Wow. So yeah, there is a bunch of us. I think we might be over a hundred black-owned liquor brands, and maybe 500 more in the wine wine business okay like and so forth but uh uh you know you you have to you, big brands that you need to know about are the McBride sisters uh, that make wine they're okay. dope um shout out to uh, uh bleu royal which is a mix of tequila and rum okay uh black owned uh Dwayne Wade has his own wine. Okay. Um, who else? What are those? Um, uh, you know what? Just go on Happy Cork. Just go on the Happy Cork page, and you'll find all the black owned uh, on Instagram. Happy Cork okay. is a store in Brooklyn. Happy Cork. Happy Cork. Yep. Okay. They're, okay. they're a black owned store in Brooklyn. They're freaking dope. Okay. They're black owned women, the uh, women owned, and basically they make it a point to carry all the black brands. That's beautiful. all the black owned brands. That's beautiful. So, uh, yeah, if, uh, yep, they're, they're, they're really cool. Definitely, definitely. Um, one question that um, we got asked one time, and I love to ask our, uh, you know, our guests too, is what, would you, what is your conceded goal? Right. So what would you say is something that one either one specific goal that you that you have for the company for your your business and not everyone says like grow the brand, grow the brand. So outside of growing the brand, right, what would you say is the specific goal? Is it, you know, I want to 
have such and such celebrity, you know, I have my liquor, I want to sell, you know, in this type of country. So if you could, what would you say is that one goal or one thing that you want to accomplish? I want to grow the brand. You say you can't say that. Everybody says that. Everybody says that. That's the answer. That's the one. Yeah. No, um, no, seriously, I I wanna be I wanna be on the cover of Inc. magazine. Mm, that's what I wanna be. There we go. Yep, that's what I wanna be. I wanna be able to go at the airport and see my face on the magazine and they're gonna talk about the business that we built and you know and be able to say, okay, this is how they disrupted the liquor business, like in the cream category, like. Yeah. Soon come, soon come, soon come, soon. So um, definitely, I, yeah, I need yeah. to go. I need to go buy myself a bottle, bottle for New York when I go back up there. Um, so, so if you could uh, think of a song that describes your cremas, what would it be? Um. I think, yeah, it would be uh, Cream by Wu-Tang. Hey. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Cream yeah, okay. Mosh everything around me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, so, man, Mr. Charles, we really appreciate you for coming out on today's episode. Um, Call me Stevens, guy. Call me Stevens, man. Steven, Steven, thank you very much for, for coming on today's episode. My uh, pleasure. For those, for those listening, make sure you're checking us out on all platforms, Instagram at everybodyeats.pod on Twitter, EBE pod. Make sure you're checking us out on Spotify, Apple, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, on all those platforms and make sure you're checking us out. LS Cream, how can people find you, reach out to website? So if you want to reach out to me on my personal page, it's Stevens, uh, Stevens J. Charles uh, on Instagram. Or of course at LS Cream Liqueur on uh, on IG. Also, you can also visit the website creamls.com. You uh, have all the states that we're in, all the stores that we're in. Uh, so you have a bunch of cocktails in there also. So you'll be able to learn more about the brand, about what we're trying to do. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. All right, love to see it, love to see it. So again, thank you. And guys, I don't want you guys to 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 stress about it. Make sure you you send me your addresses. I'll send you some bottles. Don't worry about it. Oh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate that. So, on that note, have a good evening. Thank you very much. Um, and and take care. Take care, guys. Thank you so much. All right, thank you.